the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Not the best day for the Royals, but this was never one that you felt like Casey would win once Josh Reddick unloaded in that bottom of the first on his three-run home run. As the A's never looked back, taking game two of the series with KC, 5-3 to three in front of 25,564. Big crowd there in Oakland this afternoon, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got the, uh, the, the playoff game, game one of the Warriors and Rockets next door at that complex, and somehow they get 6,000 more than they had last night when there was no playoff game going on. Go figure, right? Glad you're along on this Saturday evening. It's Davo in your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. As my nose itches here. There we go. Back on track here. Live radio at its best. Our player of the game, there's not really too many things to talk about in this game. About three or four things I want to touch on. Mainly, the Chris Young tweets I've been getting, the Alex Gordon tweets I've been getting. Those are the main two things we'll go over here. But the player of the game could have been Raymond Fuentes, but he made me mad in the ninth inning. More on that in about 30 seconds. I'll give it to Omar Infante, who had a nice night as well. Slash afternoon. Omar goes one for three with a walk in this one. Does score two runs for the Royals. Wanted to award Omar with his first player of the game of the year as well because he's had a pretty good start to the 2016 season. By no means is Omar a world beater out there, but if he can continue to play pretty close to where he is offensively, which again is not great, but if he can continue to just be mediocre offensively at second base and play average, just slight above average defense at second base, the Royals will take that in a New York minute. That would be a big improvement over the majority of the regular season in 2015. Now, offensively, the Royals couldn't do a whole lot in this game. Not a single extra base hit for the Royals in this game. That's not good. There were some great at-bats, though. So sometimes it's tough to, to say that. I mean, on one hand, the Royals didn't get the results they wanted because in the end... Three runs on the board is usually not going to get it done in the American League, although it has been the majority of the time this year because the Royals have given up three runs or less in every single game except for the three that Chris Young has started. More on that later as well. Um, I think the Royals are facing a bona fide ace, though, today. Sonny Gray, the next great Oakland starter to be traded to a contender in the next two years. Sonny Gray, six innings, allows one earned run on seven hits. Six strikeouts, one walk. But again, the Royals had some good at-bats. They didn't score the runs, but they had good at-bats. And that's the third straight game where I think the Royals have had really good at-bats. Good approaches. The results have been there two out of three. The at-bats have been good, though. The Royals did work great for 114 pitches in six innings. That in its own. I mean, the Royals were able to knock him out. He only gave up the one earned run. But there were two runs across the board. After six innings, you told me before the game the Royals would go six innings, two runs against Sonny Gray. I would have taken it because I would have figured Chris Young could work in the two to three run range and then the Royals would steal this one late. Didn't work out that way. But, you know, let's give some credit here to Ray Fuentes, first of all, with the good at bats, except for his last at bat. Two for four with an RBI for Ray. But it's the ninth inning. You've got Ryan Madsen coming in. Lead-off hitter, Royals down three. Lead-off hitter, Omar Infante, walks on four straight pitches. Ray Fuentes, ball one, ball two. At that point, you've got a guy at the plate who, even in the minor leagues, does not have plus power. Fuentes I'm talking about. What did he have, 12 home runs last year at Omaha? Look that one up. Nine, it was 9, 10, or 12, one of those three numbers. They all stick out. Either way, did not hit. it's not a home run hitter. It's a gap-to-gap guy. I don't want to see a gap-to-gap guy in the bottom of the order when you're down three. 
in the ninth with a runner at first. You're at six straight balls. That's a 2-0 and count. I don't want to see a swing in there. He does, and I know the counter-argument. I understand what that is, and I understand that the Royals do this a lot. I mean, they're a team that looks for their fastball, which he got. They're looking for the hittable pitch, which he got. I get that. I totally get that. And had it been a different hitter, I still probably would have had a problem with it if it was Eric Cosmer or Alex Gordon, but at least those guys can hit the ball out of the ballpark, and those guys are established Major League veterans. I, I, I just didn't like Ray Fuentes swinging 2-0 down three in the ninth inning, and he hit a ground ball to second base. Now, it was called an error. It probably should have been a base hit, but the point being at least half of Major League second basemen make a play on that, and Fuentes is out. He reached on the error, which is probably a hit, but either way, he did get on base from the result of that swing. But, I, I mean... For the reasons I just told you, you shouldn't be swinging there. You need another base runner to have a chance in that situation. And if you swing there, you better damn well crush the ball. And I mean, like I said, half the time there, Fuentes is out, depending on who the second baseman was. Did not like that at bat is all. But, you know, then again, I wouldn't have loved if you told me going into the wild card game that the Royals would get down four runs and keep running and stealing bases with three innings to go. I wouldn't have loved that either. So you take it. You know, for what it's worth, you take the good with the bad, I guess. So overall, I can't complain too much about it. But it just kind of because of who the hitter was is what bothered me about it. Again, I wouldn't have loved it if Eric Hosmer or Alex Gordon swung 2-0, but I wouldn't be talking about it. It's one of those things where I would have said to myself, I don't know about that, but I don't know. Just my opinion in that situation. He did have good at-bats, though, overall. And it'll be interesting to see what the Royals do here on Tuesday because Gerard Dyson will surely be activated before Tuesday. We know Terrence Gore will be going down. But after that, you know, at some point, the Royals will probably need that eighth relief pitcher, that eight, you know, that thirteenth pitcher on the staff. Luckily, they've gotten this far without it, and you know, the off day on Monday, no matter what happens tomorrow, they could go 15, 16 innings and still be fine because you've still got everybody except for Dylan G available in that bullpen with the off day on Monday. So for the time being, Ray Fuentes is safe, and hopefully he will be for the long haul because you'd like to think the Royal starters can give them six innings a night, you know, preserve the bullpen, and that Fuentes continues to get a shot because he has. Had a great spring, and he's done a pretty good job since making the club on opening day, especially considering he's gotten limited to bats over the last week. Now, Alcides Escobar, two hits today, two for five of the run and an RBI. Overall, though, like I said, the Royals leave eight on base, go three for 11 with runners in scoring position. Not not a big deal to me. It's just one of those days. The Royals did fine. It was a solid offensive effort. They had good at bats. The results weren't there, but it was a solid offensive effort. The Royals got beat today. It's one of those games where they just get beat. That's fine. Now, one thing I will say is Alex Gordon. I've been getting tweets about this at Royals Clubhouse saying, are you getting concerned about Alex Gordon? No. Let's say Alex Gordon plays in 148 games this year. All right? 148, let's say. That means he has 137 games left. Every hitter in baseball has a 10 to 15, even a 20-game stretch. Where they're doing, you know, where they probably are like more like a 1 for 15 you know, that's not 10 games, obviously, but I'm saying within that stretch. I mean, Alex, I don't have the numbers in front of me here, pulled up in this computer. I know that his average is in the mid-230s. There's no power there, obviously. He's striking out close to 50% of his at-bats, I'm fully aware, although Alex does strike out a high amount normally anyways. But again, it's a small sample size. He's a proven player. It's fine. I'm not worried about that at all. Zero concern about Alex Gordon. And I think a week from today, his stats will look completely different. I think you'll see a couple home runs on the board. Some RBIs and Alex more around the 290, 300 moving upward. Because remember, all it takes is two or three really good games. Two or three, three hit games, all of a sudden Alex's stats look fine. Every hitter goes through a, you know, a bad 15, 20, 30 at bat streak throughout the year. 50 at bat streak sometimes. And Alex is not even close to that point yet. So I'm not concerned at all about Alex. He's he's a veteran. The ball, the, the, the stroke looks shorter. I think he's been getting pitched tough. Some of it has been. 
So we'll see what happens with Alex. I mean, yes, I you know maybe use left field a little bit more, but when you're getting jammed inside all the time and the ball's outside or way outside, there's only so much you can do. You don't want to see a guy with that's you know you know inside outing balls in his hands. So we'll see what happens with Alex. He'll he'll make the adjustments. He'll be fine. Now pitching wise, like I mentioned earlier. And again, small sample size here. But since it's Chris Young, and the Roy- we know the Royals will be limiting his innings most likely this year anyways, it is worth talking about, even though it's only three starts. The Royals pitching 8-0, the starting pitching, when when the other four guys go. 8-0, 0-3, and Chris Young's three starts this year. Tweet about that too at Royals Clubhouse. How long till Dylan G replaces Young? A few starts at least. I mean, if we see Young get his brains beat in two starts in a row, like we'll say three plus innings, five, six runs, then it would be two starts. If you see like a five inning, one run, and a four and a third, three runs, he'll be in there longer. I'd say at least two starts. And yes, I mean, you want to limit his innings anyways, although it's, you know, this isn't the way you had envisioned where going four innings a start, five innings a start. That is one way to limit the innings, I guess, and keep them there below 150. But you would like to see the Royals, you know, push him to that 150 point this year. He's never going to be a guy, especially at this point of his career, that goes 180 innings, even 170 innings. But you'd like to see Chris Young be able to push at least 150, right? With his limit there, assuming he makes, what, 25 starts this year, 23 starts this year. I mean, I think, I think though, the plan has probably always been. Unless he is just somehow holding up and, and pitching lights out, that you probably pull him out of the rotation for six to eight weeks at some point throughout the year. And that could be sooner rather than later, yes, if he continues to struggle. But I mean, to me, the first start, you know, well, I believe it was what, five innings against the Mets? I mean, didn't give up much there in that game. The last two have not been good. Hasn't given the Royals innings, you know, less than five the last couple. But I mean, he's got time. I believe. But yeah, Chris Young, four plus innings in this one was not good. Four runs on eight hits, the killer being the Reddick home run in the first inning that put Oakland up 3-1 after the Royals had pushed across the one run in the top of the inning. Four runs and eight hits, like I said, in the four plus. Misses two bats as far as the strikeouts go on the third strike. Misses two bats. Two Ks, two walks for Young. Now sits 0-3 with a 7.90 ERA. Get me two or three more games of data on him where his season is about 20% over as a starter. And yes, then we can you know talk about possibly a Dylan G type thing because he would be the next one in line. Chin Ming Wong at this point of his career is not going to go into the rotation. I believe that the number one candidate would be Dylan G in house. Number two would be Danny Duffy. Number three, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't envision Kyle Zimmer, even if he gets healthy and hopefully he he goes out to a full season team here in the next ten days. But even if he gets healthy, I imagine the Royals will be piggybacking him three inning starts for the next month, four inning. I mean, maybe by midsummer get into five or six innings. I don't see Zimmer even possibly ready for the rotation before August. But I don't think it'll happen at that point. I've been on record as saying that I see Zimmer being kind of what a Brandon Finnegan was a few years ago. Although I mean, a huge difference. I'm aware one's lefty, one was drafted the same year. I'm not saying as far as the situation of a first year professional player, but I'm saying as far as what his role might be come this team. I think it's probably in the Royals' mind, you know, due to the fact that he's you know struggling to stay healthy consistently, can never get the innings built up, and the fact that they're probably starting to get a little bit frustrated, and the fact that they're in win-now mode, I don't think they'll toy around too much longer with Zimmer as a starter, uh, and I think he'll get to the major leagues this year as a reliever. I'm not saying they'll ditch him, abandon him as a starter. He's going to get at least one more year to start next year, but I think this year in particular, I don't see Zimmer this year as a starting possibility, nor do I think Miguel Almonte is either. So that's the one thing to watch. I mean, thankfully the Royals do have Mike Miner coming back in the second half. So you, in, in theory, you hope like heck that, you know, the guys like 
Volquez, Ventura, Kennedy, and Medlin can hold up pretty much the entire season. In that fifth role, you know, it's probably a combination of Chris Young, Dylan G, and Mike Miner, you would think, at some point throughout the summer. I guess still a slight chance Jason Vargas comes out, and then you've got a slight chance the Royals stretch out somebody like a Dunsing back into a starter or you know, uh, there's there's a couple other options down there, but nothing too sexy in the immediate future. So, um, you know, as far as, you know, the Royals thinking they didn't do much today offensively, last comment on offense today would be Oakland. I'm sure they feel the same way. Oakland, especially in that second inning, you had the bases loaded with nobody out. Chris Young, a nice job pitching, gets out of that with just a sack fly from Marcus Simeon. Oakland left 10 on base today, one for five risp. So 10 left on base for Oakland. They didn't do much today offensively with what they could have either. So this is one of those classic games where the Royals just lost fair and square. And it's fine. No big deal. Dylan G, the other item to talk about in this one, three innings allowed just the solo home run to Steven Vogt. G, three innings, one run, two hits, no strikeouts, two walks. Nice job. So the Royals have a 4-3 and three road trip guaranteed. And we said that was the goal coming in. The realistic goal for this trip, what would make this a good trip would be 4-3. and 5-2 and two would be a great trip. 3-4 and four would be okay. So the Royals got the 3-4 and, and four in Houston. They got the 4-3 and three Friday night in Oakland. So no matter what, it's a good road trip. But you want to come out tomorrow if you can with the slam dunk and go 5-2. and two. Now, you know, coming in, we thought that Sonny Gray was going to pitch Sunday, too. So now tomorrow becomes a pretty winnable game. Although Chris Bassett, the right-hander for Oakland, is probably their second starter. You know, a top three starter. You know, a guy that can get it up there. A sinker guy. He's 6'5", 27 years old. Does miss some bats, a decent amount. He'll bring it low to mid-90s. Hopefully he leaves the ball up tomorrow against the Royals. Bassett has a 2.92 ERA in his limited dealings this year. Chris Medlin, speaking of limited, just that one start, 1-0 with a 3.60. Bassett, last start, no earned runs in seven innings against the Mariners. Four Ks, but did walk five. So a guy that will walk some guys, hopefully, tomorrow. And then Chris Medlin. Will, I was very encouraged, of course, that the runs Medlin gave up, the two runs in five innings were both in the first inning when he struggled and really settled down for three of his last four innings after that. So excited to see Medlin in this big park against a lineup that I still don't think is all that good. You know, a couple guys that can obviously drive the ball to the ballpark, some guys that can walk like Oakland always has, but nothing that really scares you that much in that big park. I, I like Medlin tomorrow. I like the Royals to win tomorrow. Scratch across four or five runs. I'm going to call an Alex Gordon home run for the first time this year tomorrow. Have not predicted that yet. We're going to call it. Alex Gordon, it's his first home run of the season tomorrow for the Royals. Suspect you'll also see Christian Colon in there at second base giving Omar a day off. Otherwise, I'm sure Ray Fuentes is most likely to be back in right field as well. Should be the standard lineup other than that. So we will have it again for you tomorrow evening on Clubhouse Conversation. The last couple of notes here. Uh, tomorrow night, be looking for a great interview I did with 1997 Royals catcher Andy Stewart. Was a September call-up back in 97. Great stories. Hilarious. Almost two hours. He's so honest, so frank. And seriously, the last hour and a half of that interview, you will just be laughing your ass off. So I know you can't sit there for two hours and just listen, so please plan on downloading that one and taking it with you while you drive, you know, on your smartphone, while you're sitting around the house working, while you're in the garage, while you're at the gym, whatever it may be. Take it on your favorite tablet or device. You can always download our interviews here in all of our dishes. Clubhouseconversation.com. Subscribe at Rails Clubhouse on uh, Twitter. Follow us there, and then Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. One other item, we'll be talking to a guy who is borderline top 20 Royals prospect, definitely top 30, that being second baseman Carlos Garcia, who stole more bases in the Royals system last year than anyone. He's at AA Northwest Arkansas at second base. We'll have him on uh, the show early this week as well and be back here tomorrow with The Dish on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great Saturday night. Go Royals!